In the first 26 days of August, 1,114 square kilometers of Brazil's Amazon rainforest, that's an area equivalent to the size of Hong Kong, was on fire. Tens of thousands of fires, far more than last year, have broken out and burned off hundreds of kilometers of one of the world's most diverse and unique habitats. But this isn't a natural disaster, an event totally out of our control. The vast majority of the fires are man-made. This is Beyond the Headlines, I'm James Haynes-Young, and this week we're asking, who's burning down the Amazon and why? We'll hear from Carlos Nobre, a prominent Brazilian climate scientist at the University of Sao Paulo. He'll try and answer that question and also talk a bit more about the impact of the fires on the environment. Then we'll speak to Natalie Unterstel, the director of policy at the Brazilian think tank Telenoa Solutions. She'll tell us more about the view from the country and what underpins the crisis. So far this year, more than 72,000 fires have broken out in the Amazon. That's 84% more than the same period in 2018. That's in fact the highest number in almost a decade. Across the border in Bolivia, swathes of the country's tropical forest and savanna are also on fire. So what's causing the crisis? This is the largest number of fires. And particularly, again, it's not only uh, fires to clean pasture for croplands for a new seeding. Mostly they are fires uh, which represent, you know, clearing of forests. So, yes, it's the largest number of fires and the deforestation as well in the last 10 years. That's Carlos in Sao Paulo. So some of it's smallholders, burning back crops that they've already harvested to make room for new planting. But there are also farmers clearing new forest to plant more fields. Then there's people setting the fires to illegally grab more land. They burn back the forest, fence it off, build a ranch, and then lobby the local government to recognise their right to the land. They then can sell it on. Lastly, there's the loggers, cutting down the viable timber, burning back the rest, and moving their trucks on for more. There is a a big illegal uh, deforestation fire industry in the Amazon. Uh, Those are the people who who grab lands, public lands, within conservation unities. They invade indigenous territories. This is a business, illegal business, which is these people go, you know, cut down the forest, burn, and start bringing cattle. And then they try to sell the cattle ranch also to, let's say, illegal ranchers, because, you know, this everything is illegal, and they hope they will make that business legal. They have support from a number of politicians in, in the rural caucus in Congress to, to, to change the law or to do a pardoning. The other part is stealing timbers, valuable in markets. So those are two types of criminal organizations. They work very closely together. But the world reacted with outrage and calls for action. But in the media frenzy, wild claims were thrown around. No, the entire Amazon forest is not on fire. The claim that the Amazon produces around 20% of the world's oxygen was also widely used in reports and on social media. Many of these warned that the fires could lead to a global shortage of breathable air. That too is overblown. The true figure is likely to be no more than 6%, according to climate scientists Michael Mann and Jonathan Foley. 
And if farmers are replanting these cleared areas with crops, they could be producing as much, if not more, oxygen than the forest. But that doesn't mean that the situation is not alarming. So what's the big risk? For a start, the area is a rich habitat, home to countless species of plants and animals. But it's also the world's largest on-land carbon sink. All the accumulated trees and plants lock up millions of tonnes of CO2. Burning the forest releases this into the atmosphere, contributing to climate change and damaging the environment. While this is the worst year in nearly a decade, it's not the worst it's ever been. The number of fires peaked in the early 2000s. In the first eight months of 2005 alone, there were more than 142,000 fires. That's nearly double the number so far this year. So why did the deforestation decline over the next 10 years? The peak in, in deforestation and fires happened in 2004. We had, in Brazilian Amazon, 27,000 square kilometres clear-cut. The number of fires were also very, very large. In, in, in the record, that was really the highest number of fires. And then Brazil started with a new policy for the Amazon in 2005, in which law enforcement became very effective over the years. So law enforcement was a key element in the policy. By 2014, that decline was 75%, so three-fourths decline in deforestation and fires. The reduction of greenhouse gas emissions was the largest gain for the planet. No other activity, no moving from fossil fuel to renewable energy created that kind of economy in terms of reducing emissions. However, after 2015, emissions started increasing again. Deforestation started increasing again. All of a sudden, in 2019, it's a peak in terms of deforestation in the last decade. So, for a decade, the government's programme to protect the forest made huge strides. But then the numbers began to rise again. Starting in 2015, Brazil entered a very deep economic recession. Government budgets were reduced. And of course, law enforcement deep into the forest requires spending. Federal police has to go by helicopters to really to get the criminals. And then, of course, the the environmental criminals, they felt that punishment will decrease. So deforestation started increasing slowly. 2016, there was a major drought year, so deforestation and fires increased. 2019, in addition to economic constraints, the major push has been the, the policy of this new government, quote-unquote, progress in the Amazon is push the agricultural frontier into the, into the forest. They don't see value in standing forests. So that really great, gave a lot of incentive to the environmental criminals in the Amazon to really to do illegal deforestation because they felt they would not be punished. So as the economy slowed and budgets were cut back, the authorities' costly but effective policing of the forest was also scaled back and the fires began to spread again. Carlos says that the impact of this is twofold. The short-term impact of the huge fires and the long-term impact on the environment. On the very short term, while the fires are burning, they are a very serious health hazard. They generate so much pollution 
for several months during the burning season, let's say particularly between July and October, these smoke clouds travel 2,000 miles to the south, reaching Argentina, southern Brazil, Paraguay, Uruguay. And so it's a serious health issue. Millions of people are affected. Hospitals, ER are full of people with respiratory diseases throughout this burning season. However, uh, long-term effects are very serious as well. Globally speaking, burning forests represent something like uh, between 11, 13, 14 percent of global emissions of greenhouse gases. Also, all forests, but tropical forests are also a sink of carbon dioxide. As we deforest, we are losing that sink as well. And also, of course, major threat to tropical biodiversity, very, very immensely diverse in species. And also, uh, the Amazon forest is very important for climate stability in South America. So it keeps the climate cooler. One of the main claims being used by those playing down the issue is that burning the forest back to clear more space is needed for economic development. The rural communities, they say, deserve jobs and a future. But Carlos disagrees that the economic development and deforestation are linked. Switching to renewable energy has had no impact on the economy. On the contrary, energy sector moving to renewable energy does not put any any difficulties in developing economically any region. During the years in which deforestation declined 75%, the uh, agricultural product of the Amazon increased 80%. So this is proved, you know, we know that for a fact. So that's why increased deforestation is not coupled to material progress or to eliminating poverty in the Amazon. It's really, it's an illegal industry of land possession, land tenure. People go there to take, you know, the land and uh, so they sell the land. He pointed out that the impact on the environment of the deforestation could be huge and actually make the area less arable for farming. Without the forests, there would be a deep reduction in rainfall. Temperatures would rise and the local climate would shift. Natalie said the same. The right to development is absolutely linked to the sustainability of our development. So the point here is really to analyze, is this criminal man-made fire part of our development? I'm sure it's not. What is happening right now is that these guys that are practicing man-made fires, criminal activities, they are actually jeopardizing our agriculture and our development. As you may know, Brazil is... uh, it's dependent on agricultural exports, especially soybeans and meat. And these memory criminal fires, they are already affecting our ability to export and to promote Brazilian products uh, internationally. She said that the international backlash has concerned some of Brazil's biggest agricultural exporters. They're worried that the negative PR could hurt sales. She also pointed out that there are tangible economic issues at stake. So we have a series of companies from abroad already signaling that uh, they will stop importing goods from Brazil, especially like leather and meat. And we also have signals from some of the European countries, which are part of the EU Mercosur uh, trade deal, which is uh, already uh, on the table, but uh, still to be ratified, signaling that they um, 
like Ireland and, and France, that they are willing to change the status of this or even like to not ratify the agreement uh, if Brazil doesn't show a commitment to the Paris Agreement and to better take care of the environment, specifically in the Amazon region. So these are concrete things. And our entrepreneurs, our investors, the workers here in Brazil are so worried with all of this because we are in a recession currently. But what about development? Are there alternatives to agriculture and logging that isn't land and resource intensive? So the Amazon region is very big, very vast. Some in the west part of it, we do have uh, Manaus, which is a very important industrial hub in here. And we are even talking for a long time now about having our own Dubai plan. <laughs> so to transform that in a fourth industrial revolution hub and a place where we can uh, ally bioeconomy and technology with the, the future economy. So that our, this region is very much aware and very much in need of such development. And we heard some uh, authorities speaking about this in the current government, but so far we don't see any specific plans or strategies to promote that concretely. Now, there's one other major factor at play here this year, and that's the election of President Jair Bolsonaro, who took office on January 1st. Throughout his campaign and early days in office, he regularly talked about reviewing or removing environmental legislation, freeing business to develop at any cost and encouraging tree clearing. Both Natalie and Carlos said that this has led to a sense of impunity. Despite those setting the fires acting illegally, they believe they're working on the president's orders, helping in his march for progress. But in the face of international backlash and a growing anger at home, he's announced a 60-day freeze in fires and a zero tolerance to anyone who breaks the rule. The president has also accepted an offer of four planes to help fight the fires from the Chilean government and deployed 44,000 soldiers to seven states to combat the blaze. Here's what the president said. From my military training and my career as a public servant, I have a deep love and respect for the Amazon. The protection of the forest is our duty. Bolsonaro has said that the government is very aware of the situation and will fight environmental crime the same way it fights ordinary crime. But Carlos also drew a link between the president's apparent shift in policy and recent polling data. In the last poll, he had the worst approval rate. Certainly, you know, his popularity is declining uh, for many reasons. But uh, in, the, in the last month or so, it's directly connected to the apparent lack of response. One week ago, he made this statement saying he will tolerate zero tolerance for illegal activities in the Amazon. Let's hope uh, his government will implement that policy. Natalie also pointed out that in Brazil, protecting the Amazon is one of the few issues that really speaks to almost everyone in the country. We saw some polls uh, last week showing that 93% of the Brazilian population support action against the fires and against deforestation. That, of course, includes Bolsonaro voters. And, and the inaction that was seen so far by, by Bolsonaro government is very much criticized. It must be said, on the other hand, that people are, are a little bit uh, uncomfortable with the international pressure. So some of our folks here are a, a little bit on the defensive side, saying, well, this is up to us to, 
to sort out, in particularly uh, hearing France's comments and, and other countries like putting pressure. Overall, uh, the people in outside of the Amazon is very much worried because all of this has very short-term effects. Like I mentioned in the beginning, in terms of health impacts, people that kids that are, that cannot go to the school. So very, it's very concrete, it's very real, and it's happening right now. On the other hand, for the long term, the economic and the trade perspectives are uh, not very good, and people are so worried about it as well. Uh, in the recession moment, we hope the government can change its signal towards a more committed one to the environmental things. So the government has the institutions, it has the laws, and it has a tried and tested programme that can curb the fires and arrest those setting them. The question now is whether Bolsonaro's government will take that action or let the issue linger. There's also the question of what happens next. Well, Carlos has some good news on that front. If the fires stop, much of the forest can grow back. If the deforestation areas is still limited, according to the current scenario, uh, regeneration happens very rapidly because agri- agricultural activity is very low productivity. So in Brazil, about 20 to 30 percent of the cleared areas have been abandoned. And in most of those places, the forest is growing back. And uh, th- that regeneration is also very important because it takes up a lot of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and also replenishes biodiversity. Although a secondary forest does not have the full biodiversity of a primary forest, but has about 70% of the biodiversity. Thanks this week to Carlos Nobre and Natalie Understell in Brazil. To hear more, tap the subscribe button in your podcast app to get all the latest from Beyond the Headlines. And check out more of our coverage at thenational.ae. We were produced this week by Isha Khan and Arthur Edison with assistance from Hannah Finity. I've been your host, James Haynes-Young. <laughs>